0: But during the night, this amazing thing happens. An angel sets them free um, and they return. tells them to return to the temple courts and preach the full message, uh, the complete gospel, verse 20. And what is remarkable about, remarkable about this escape is that the guards don't notice it. The leaders aren't aware of it. They're still on guard duty. And it's only when they go and check that they realize that they've escaped. And uh, so the Sadducees, who don't believe in angels or the supernatural, it's a real one in the eye for them because they're trying to put a stop to this talk of miracles. And by doing so, they then experience an even bigger miracle, um, which just uh, really throws them. And uh, many people in our world today attack the truth because, or the, t- the truth of God's word, because it challenges the way that we live, it defines what is right and wrong. It exposes what is dark uh, in our world and in our lives. And in an increasingly secular world that wants to push it out from the the public market square and at least keep it trapped within the church walls or get it into the private place or, if at all possible, eradicate it completely and replace it with some new morality. And uh, that's the world that we live in. But interestingly, the high priest wouldn't even use the name of Jesus. Um, verse 20, he talks about this name or this man's blood and kind of refers to him in that way. And Jesus had said in the upper room back in John fifteen twenty one that he says, they will treat you in this way because of my name, because they don't know the one who sent me. And so the high priest realizes that if the apostles are right and they really are wrong, then they are literally, he says, guilty of this man's blood. And that is massive, and so there's no way they are going to back down uh, on this one. um, There's that sense, really, that although the apostles were on trial, that it's began to shift to the leaders being on trial for what, what has happened to Jesus. But the second response is from the apostles, and their response is to affirm the truth. Um, back in verse chapter 4, verse 20, we cannot help speaking about what we've seen and heard. And here in chapter 5, verse 29, we must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging on a tree. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and saviour, that we might give repentance and forgiveness of sins to Israel. We are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. They don't attack back, but they confidently affirm the truth and they give their testimony as to what they've seen and what they've heard. They are not diplomats for Jesus trying to avoid uh, the beatings, but they are genuine ambassadors of Jesus. They identify with him completely and they want to represent him wholeheartedly. So they stand firm for Jesus and he honors that courage and that faith. They doesn't change their convictions. They obey God, and then they trust him for the consequences, whatever those consequences turn out to be. Um, this guy, Joseph Son, was a Romanian Baptist minister. And uh, we got to know him in Riverside many years ago through John and Grace's miles kind of mission trips to Romania. And uh, during the strong communist rule through the, through the 70s and 80s, his preaching caused major problems for the communist regime. Um, he was arrested and in, he was imprisoned several times in Romania during the 70s and was charged simply for being a Christian minister. And every time, he, went, he underwent several weeks of, of intense interrogation, beatings, mind games, and was eventually expelled, um, for, exiled from the country in 1981. But during one particular harrowing session of interrogation, Joseph talked uh, to his inquisitors, and he said that spilling his blood would only serve the growth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And part of, the suff- part of the theology of suffering that he learned was that tribulation is never an accident, but is part of God's sovereign plan for building his church. I told the interrogator, you should know that your supreme weapon is killing, but my supreme weapon is dying. He said, now here's how it works, sir. You know that my sermons are recorded on tape all over the country. And when you shoot me or crush me, whichever way you choose, you only sprinkle my sermons with my blood. And everybody who's got a recording of one of my sermons will pick it up and say, I better listen to that again. This man died for what he preached. And My sermons, sir, will speak 10 times louder after you've killed me and because you kill me. In fact, I will conquer this country for God because you killed me. So go on and do it. Well, he lived to come and tell us the story. And uh, Joseph was an ambassador who affirms the truth very simply in the face of persecution, as did Carol as she went on from Alpha to share her faith with many as well. And so Peter here calls uh, Jesus uh, Prince and Savior. Um, exalted to the right hand of God with all authority and power, that place of power that we come to, that we've been worshipping and reminding ourselves of this morning. And the word prince is sometimes translated elsewhere in the Bible as as the author of life. You might know that phrase. It means the founder. It means the originator. It means the pioneer who keeps on leading. So not only starting it up, but leads onwards as well. And the Sanhedrin were not interested in anything pioneering. They just wanted to protect themselves. But as the pioneer of life, Jesus saves us and rescues us and leads us into exciting experiences and adventures as we walk in the newness of life, as Paul puts it in Romans. The new, something new in our lives, always new trails to blaze. You know, the Christian life, as someone said, is not a parking lot, but a launch pad, um, and we are to be continually growing and continually maturing, continually going to the next challenge, the next step of faith, and press on into maturity, and so that the apostles were following their pioneer leader, their prince, but also saviour. And actually, the word saviour was not a new term for the council. They understood this word; that it was used of doctors who would literally save people's lives. It was used of philosophers who would solve people's problems. It was used of the statesmen and the politicians who would save people from danger and war, hopefully. But only Jesus Christ is the true and living Savior that rescues us from things like sin and death and judgment and as we trust in him. And so Paul then, Peter, sorry, calls them to repentance. He says, turn to this God and you will receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. As you obey God's call on your life and as you trust God's son, um, he, will, he will bless you and he will lead you and show you how to live everything that we're called to. And they are incredibly bold in their witness. They are really here in front of the highest Jewish court. It's a pretty intimidating place where they are. But they're trusting that God will give them the words and enable them to affirm the truth um, as they stand against it. The third response that we see is from Gamaliel, verse 34. And to be honest, I I think he avoids the truth. I think he's a sit-on-the-fence kind of guy. Um, He is a very clever guy. He was a great scholar. He was highly regarded. In fact, Paul, who, before he was his conversion, trained under Gamaliel. Um, but his advice here really is a sort of sit-on-the-fence kind of advice, uh, although God uses it to rescue the apostles from, from the death penalty. So he uses his cool logic to kind of bring the emotional tension down uh, in the room. But he doesn't get Jesus. He really doesn't get Jesus. First, he likens him to just another zealous Jew. He uses uh, these two rebellious guys of their time, Thude, Theodas in verse 36, Judas in verse 37. You know, he says, these guys try to overthrow things. These were real uh, rebellious people that he's putting Jesus in the same uh, category as. But nothing ever came to anything. Um, and so with this clever twist of bad logic, really, he convinces the council that there's nothing to worry about because troublemakers come, troublemakers go, Just chill, guys. Be patient. It will go away. But he also has the wrong idea that if something is not of God, it must fail. That's his argument. if It will fail, therefore, if it isn't of God. But that ignores a few things. It ignores the fact that human nature is sinful, that we live in a fallen world. And it also ignores the presence of the spiritual forces of darkness at work in the world. I love this quote from Mark Twain. You know, a lie runs around the world while truth is still putting on her shoes. And in the end, we know God's truth will win. But for now, Satan, the father of lies, can be very strong and influence millions of people. Success alone is never a test of truth. You just need to think of the false cults in the world. You just need to think of the false religions, the false philosophies. They can grow faster than the church. Okay? Just because they're successful doesn't mean that it's right. The world is a battlefield of ideologies. We've got truth and error in mortal combat. And often it can look like truth is on the ropes and wrong is dancing around in the ring celebrating. But when you unpack it, Gamaliel's wisdom actually makes not a lot of sense. And Jesus made it very clear that you can't do that. That you are, If you're not for him, you're against him. Uh, In Matthew 12, 30. But Gamaliel wants the easy way out and so he avoids the truth. And there are many in our world who just want to avoid being confronted with the truth and will do anything they can to, to duck it and through. The fourth response is then back with the apostles and the church and how they respond back to that. They're not flogged. Sorry, they're not killed, but they are flogged. They get the forty lashes minus one, as Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 11:24, thirty-nine strokes. It's pretty hideous stuff um, that they got, and uh, but they rejoice that they've been counted worthy of suffering disgrace uh, for the name for Jesus. And then verse 42, they, they're banned from speaking. But day after day, day after day, the temple courts. And house to house, they never stop teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. So the response is that they just continue announcing the truth to more and more people. You know, when people won't discuss their disagreements with the gospel, often they get abusive. Verbally, online, parts of the world, physically, physical violence, and sometimes all of those. And it was William Temple who said that Christians have one of the hardest tasks in the world. We are to fight without hatred. We are to resist without bitterness. And in the end, if God grant it so, to triumph without vindictiveness, without wanting to gloat or rub it in if we eventually do win. And I think that is a a good reminder to the church at large today, to fight without hatred, to resist without bitterness. And in the end, if God grant it so, to triumph without vindictiveness. And so Peter here, who's leading in this situation, has come a long way from the Garden of Gethsemane when he's denied Jesus three times on the night before the crucifixion. And uh, he goes on to write uh, one of his letters is is a real focus on suffering uh, because of persecution. Um, And here he is. He's now following Jesus wholeheartedly and he's learning some more of those lessons um, in the knob in the of Acts chapter 5. So neither the threats nor the beatings stopped them from sharing the faith. In fact, the persecution made them trust God more and seek even greater power in their ministry. Um, I don't know if you've uh, seen this film yet, 1917. Anyone seen this film? Anyone not seen this film? You need to see it. It's a great film. And uh, anyway, I'm, I won't put spoilers out, but... There's a basic story, is it's about a couple of infantrymen. And uh, they're given a commission to take a message that will actually save a lot of lives from here to there, from A to B. That's the film. But they are to do it, come what may. Okay, Whatever comes their way, no turning back. And believe you me, everything comes their way. But the more that comes their way, the more determination there is to get this message to the place that it's got to get to. And in a sense, each one of us are infantrymen. We've all been given a simple commission to take a message to our friends, to our families, to our communities, come what may. And everything will come against us. Everything will come against you um, to do that. But the apostles shared day after day, every single day. And if we're honest... Probably most of us, if, if we've shared our faith this year or in a year, we think that's great. Okay, if I've shared my faith every month, I'm patting myself on the back. Yeah, well done, Andy. But these guys had an amazing model. They, every single day, they were, you know, yielding ourselves on a daily basis, saying, God, will you use me today uh, in any way that you, you see fit? I'm here. I'm available uh, for you. Lead me where you will. You know, open uh, the doors of uh, opportunity um, that people would, that we can step into. Open the hearts of people that they would understand so, what it's all about. And open my mouth, Lord, to say something about you. However simple and however crazy the message might seem. Uh, I was sharing uh, just on the recent Christian Life and Witness class that we ran um, at Queensbridge, you know, and we were talking about people's needs and the fact that most people do not wake up every morning thinking, I need Jesus. Most people out there, that's not what's, what hits them when the alarm clock goes off. But people do wake up aware of their needs in life, um, whether it's broken relationships. You know, relationships don't go as they planned or as they'd hoped for. People experience guilt in their lives. People know they've done wrong stuff, but they don't know where to take it. You know, The world says just blame someone else. But what do, what do people do with that stuff? Stress. You know, 80% of people experience significant stress every day. Futility, meaninglessness. You know, what's life real, really all about? I get up, I go to work, I eat, I go to bed, I get up, I go to work, I eat, I go to bed. Some, for some people, that's a good day. Okay, but what is life, what are we really here for? Big question for a lot of people. Loneliness. You know, in the urban context, we live closer to everyone than ever before. But relationally, we're more isolated from everyone than ever before. And then there's our dark side. You know, Every one of us has a dark side we'd, we'd rather we didn't have. Some of us bump into it a lot. Some of us are dominated by it, and some of us just bump into it from time to time. But what do we do with that? We don't want it. How do we deal with this and the, the pain that often people experience? And so we talked about how we need to listen to people's stories. We need to understand where people are coming from and where their needs are, because then we start to diagnose things. Because ultimately, it's because of the, a fallen world and because of the sin in humanity that is the heart of the issues. And then we start to relate our stories and God's story into their needs so that they begin to see how this is relevant and how this does connect with their lives. And so this crazy message that Jesus, this guy, dies for you and he's alive again is totally relevant to 2020 because it paid the price. It breaks the power. It cleanses us from within for all of these things that It really is the solution. So for broken relationships, you know, come and know, discover relationship with God, friendship with God who will never, ever leave you or forsake you. you know, guilt, there is complete forgiveness. Even though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Stress, come and meet the one who is the prince of peace, the, the author of peace, the pioneer of peace. you very, very, invented the very thing. And come and know him. You're in a sense of futility. God has got a plan for your life. He's got a purpose for your life. He's called you to something. Come and discover it and let him lead you in that. Instead of loneliness, come and be part of a community where you are loved and you're accepted for whoever you are. And people are looking out for you and praying for you and encouraging you. And our dark side, actually, the power has been broken. Come and discover the freedom and start to walk in the way that is the right way uh, of living. So, this is the good news. That we have. This is what we've been commissioned to share and to tell. And uh, if there are any more courses coming up, you can check them out on this uh, CLWC 2020 site. There's a couple of youth courses coming up. um, If you're interested, if you know people, um, to be trained a little bit more. And we've trained about 13, 1400 people now, which is is just great. But the apostles, their focus is on Jesus. It is simply on Jesus. They proclaimed the good news about Jesus. Here's the saviour who rescues us. And they focused on who he was. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life that will transform our lives. But you need to turn to him. And just like the lads in 1917 in that, in that World War I film, you know, will you carry the message, whatever it takes, and uh, that's something we can think afresh. There was a campaign in Edinburgh once. It was a leaflet went around um, to, I think, pretty well every home in Edinburgh. And the strap line on it was, somebody died to get this message to you. And uh, that seems foolishness when, for somebody who just picks it up. But actually, the truth is that. And as we come to celebrate communion in a minute, we remember that truth, that somebody died to get this message to us. But also, as we take communion, we, we identify ourselves with what it might take to carry this message to others. And there may even be some of those things this morning that you want some prayer for, some of the things where you want to see God move in your life that, on that list that you want to respond to as well. well let